It is E3 day one. It's in the books, and we're here at the Pop Culture Cosmos along with our good friends at Humanica Media, Topicocalypse, and the Super BS Gamescast for our recap of day one at E3 2021. It's been an interesting day, but here today to talk about what went on at day one is a good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out each and every time out that he's here with me at the Pop Culture Cosmos. His great shows, Topicocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, plus his book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get today at Barnes Noble and Amazon. It is a good man indeed. He's here to talk Arcade 1-Up, Gearbox, and also Ubisoft. It is Josh 3, Josh E3 2021, Josh Peterson. Great to have you back, my friend. We're going to be intermixing this with your shows and my shows over the course of the next few days. So appreciate you stopping in and putting in some extra duty on today's program. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is round two for the day, right? We're uh, really covering covering ground here. Absolutely. And if you want to check out the video, it's available now on Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube and Facebook, just to give you a holler out there. So if you want to check out our morning thoughts as we enter day one of E3, which included a lot of talk about our past memories, both good and the bad. And I was kind of a little bit negative on the on the way of E3 because I, I have a lot of distinctive memories. But I will say that E3, the reason why I keep going back is the charm and the brilliance that it has at times. So, And, and also the camaraderie I have with you and with all the other individuals that I've gone with with Game Source and Pop Culture Cosmos. So... Look forward to going ahead and getting out there soon. But yes, we reminisced about E3 of the past and how we like to go ahead live in the future, plus a whole ton of other stuff. So hopefully you'll get a chance to check that out today on the Pop Culture Cosmos, Mannequin Media, and also as well the Super BS Gamescast outlets. But you know what? It's a great day because day one is in the books. Got a chance to see three makers and what they're really putting out there. There was also a lot of other stuff going on with Devolver Digital and some other smaller entities out there. But I want to cover the main big guys because those are the ones that were had people talking. I'm going to start off with our good friends at Arcade 1UP. And Arcade 1UP, if you had a chance to check that out, I know a lot of stuff was embargoed because we actually got a chance to see it beforehand at their booth, virtual booth per se at e3 for media week so we had seen it for these caps for quite some time a few days in fact i want to hear your thoughts on this obviously the first thing that they debuted was the simpsons game as far as a four-player arcade setup then they also introduced a turtles in time with also the tmnt game built into it as well and then they have 12 and one so i want to talk about 12 and ones 12 games in one. They're doing one with Super Miss Pac-Man and Galaga as the main headliners. They're doing one with Street Fighter with a whole bunch of extra added games. I want to hear your thoughts on Arcade 1-Up. They're throwing variations. They're not bringing out new entities this time around, except for smaller games that they're adding on as part of the class of 1981 arcade games, i.e. Galaga, Miss Pac-Man, they're throwing that out there in either the Galaga or Miss Pac-Man style and also Super Street Fighter and all that. But I want to hear your thoughts. There's the Big Blue Super Street Fighter Champion Edition that they're bringing out. And, of course, the Class of 1981 cabs that are 12-in-1 versions. They've done this a little bit before, but they're throwing in some new smaller games this time. I want to hear your thoughts on Arcade 1-Up. 
they're just throwing variations of what they have already with their IPs. So I, I, you know, I, I owned an arcade one up, you know, we got rid of it once we got the, uh, the, I still own an arcade one up by the way, final fight. Okay. Yeah. And I I know that you've had good things to say about yours and like, I didn't mind mine, but I don't know, like I was able to do more with the, uh, ultimate legends arcade machine that I got. So that's why I got rid of it. But my, I guess my, like my big beef is that a lot of the arcade one-up machines are based on either emulators or ports, you know, like they're, they're saying that this one, the class of 81 has the Galaga 88, but like I bought a machine that was supposed to have Galaga 88, but it was based on a PS2 port. So that's my one, that's my one big beef with these like arcade one-ups is that they like brag that these are the original games, but they're, they're not. So you have like a delay in response time between the buttons and they don't always like do what they're supposed to do. So that, you know, when it comes to like those old school games, like I don't always trust arcade one up, um, going back to the other things though. Like I think the turtles in time thing is really cool. The street, I, I thought they already had a street fighter machine out. Yeah. You know, they have several variations of the street fighter machines out. Although this one is going to include street fighter two champion edition, street fighter two turbo, hyper fighting, hyper fighting, Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge, Darkstalkers 3, Saturday Night Slam Masters, which has not been featured on an arcade one-up before, Knights of the Round, Eco Fighters, Capcom Sports Club, and Muscle Boomer Duo. So basically, again, it's going to be a 12-in-1. I'm assuming that they're going to up their MSRP on it because they're adding in more games to try and package it. It's in a different, slimmer, taller style than they have done. But yes, they have done variations of Street Fighter before with their machines. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, there, it doesn't seem like there's anything. I was hoping that they'd come out and say, like, hey, we have something cool that you haven't seen before. And it doesn't yeah. seem to be the case here. Like, they're just kind of repackaging things. Yeah, um, and that's and that's a shame because like, you and I are both hoping that they're going to get new IPs. I talked about what a lot of the internet hopes is that the older WWE games hopefully will ever see the light of day in a arcade one-up. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Right now, like you said, the only way you're able to play a lot of these games is through emulators. And if you go ahead and mod your own arcade one-ups, then you can recreate that. I know for the, like we, you were talking about with the class of 1981, a.k.a. Galaga and Miss Pac-Man, the games with it, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, Dig Dug, Mappy, Rally X, Galaxian, Rolling Thunder, Rompers, Tower of Druaga, King and Balloon, Dig Dug 2, and Galaga 88, like you mentioned, which could very well be that PlayStation 2 version of it. Again, it's nothing really impressive. I think... Now, I don't know if they're really selling this time around on these, uh, and, and I also got to include a Simpsons game and also a Turtles in Time game with TMNT in it. So they've got two separate versions of that there, with four, but both of those are four-player games. And I know that they've talked about uh, producing an X-Men machine as well yeah. coming up. And yeah. that's, uh, and that's a, but it's not going to be the eight player machine. That's, that's what I think is going to be a bummer because they sh- if they really want to recreate the X-Men machine, that's going to be an eight player or that's got to be an A player to be true to the actual arcade game. But yeah, how, you know, when do you have eight friends around the house? But right. that's I, would I, like I, to... I agree oh. with you. I, I just think yeah. that they're, they're now just trying to go ahead and cater to, 
or at least advertise to those people who have a full house already of arcade one-ups throughout their house. I don't know if they're necessarily trying to pitch to new individuals out there. I think they're pitching out to current individuals to try and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and let's give this option to you so you can consolidate what you have already. Yeah, well, I would like to see like a like a time crisis version, you know, like something that has the rail shooters or maybe something that has like a um like a car. I know they did some kind of like old car driving one, but I mean Yeah, they they did Outrun and they've done Big Buck shooting. They've done that as far as the hunting game. I think they I don't know if they've done a House of the Dead yet or Time Crisis like you were asking for. I know that's been also talked about greatly, so yeah, there's just there's a lot of things they could do to appeal to more a wider audience and they're just not doing it. Like I the Simpsons and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are good for kids in the 90s, but you know, outside that, they're not really doing a great job of like saying, "Hey, spend the 4 3 to 400 dollars on this and don't spend the extra 500 dollars to create something to like mod something yourself." Yeah. Yeah. I- I think they will eventually have a House of the Dead time crisis shooting arcade one-up. I think that's inevitable, especially after what they've released already with the Big Buck shooting one that they came out to a specialized audience there. But I'm disappointed that they kind of didn't bring out anything new or they didn't announce really anything that's new, just variations off the same theme that they've been doing already. But sometimes it's hard to get those IPs, so... Yeah. I've spoke with them, like I've said before, at CES, off the record, and uh, they've indicated how hard it is to get IPs. So it's it's just a battle. You know, how much money do you, are you willing to fork over for those new IPs? But then again, Arcade One Up, I know that they're advancing to other things, like we talked about before a few months ago, when they have the, the board gaming table that mm-hmm. is going to be the wave of the future that they had really pushed out there on Kickstarter. And that's going to be amazing when that comes out. And that's going to revolutionize what a lot of people do in regards to board gaming going forward. But I'd love to see their, you know, how they made their original bucks with, through the arcade one-up machines, hoping that will go ahead and continuously bring out new stuff. But again, we probably won't see anything new, new from them until CES. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and I'm hopeful here because I do like them. But again, like you have to wonder why why wait for someone to get the ip and then put the cabinet out and then pay four hundred dollars for the cabinet when you could pay you know save up an extra six seven hundred dollars and you can just kind of make a normal size cabinet yourself through any you know any number of companies you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped, plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscaped, 
and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, there's more to talk about on today's show, and coming up next was another major focus of E3 Day 1, and that was Ubisoft. They announced some things, although nothing really blew up unless you're into Avatar, and Josh and I haven't really been into Avatar, but Avatar is coming out. It's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. That's going to launch in 2022. I've got got a bone to pick with this trailer. Uh, All right, well... You know, it's the standard, we're not going to show you any gameplay trailer. It's just the dramatic way that they go ahead and do things on these first looks. Like we saw at Battlefield 2042 last week, they show you zero gameplay, but they show you what the game could be like going forward. So it it essentially relives the, the original movie and, and what's that about it. And I, I don't know, again, I've never been a big fan of Avatar. I know it, as Rob mccallum our good friend said it lost its cultural footprint for a while but you know there's still a fascination in certain parts of the world it has regained the top spot all time sniff sniff avengers endgame sorry but i want to hear your thoughts on avatar frontiers of pandora my friend so the trailer makes it look like the game could be really good but there have been avatar video games out before and they've been monumentally awful so I mean, how many times though have we seen these e3 uh, i don't i don't take much stock into them. these cinematic trailers that they show off that show well, zero gameplay no. I, I don't take any stock on it anymore that and that's the deceiving part too yeah you know that kind of upset me with tiny tina's game too right they didn't yeah. show us any gameplay footage of any of this stuff so I'd... And, and again battlefield 2042 i mean they're going to show gameplay for that this week in a few days here in fact we'll probably cover it here on one of our shows but still it's 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 I'm not a big fan of them. I just thought because they really absolutely showed me. It, it wowed me 10 years ago, 2000 or maybe 2007, 2008 when they did that stuff. I don't know. It looks like it could be cool depending on what it is, but I just, I don't see anything video game wise with the avatar franchise just has not had a history of success or even anything mine minorly resembling success. So I don't, I don't see this, uh, I don't see this being something that kind of leaves a footprint anywhere. I also want to mention that Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope was revealed, and that's going to be coming at some time in the distant future, seemingly. We don't know exactly when that's going to be released, but it's a new Mario plus Rabbits, and I'm not going to go ahead and you know tell anybody differently on this one. This one is going to be another big hit for Nintendo because it was a surprise hit, the first one on the Switch, and this one's going to follow up, I think, quite nicely. Far Cry 6 DLC allows you to become the villain, so they're going to show the... They're going to allow you to play the villains from the previous Far Cries, and including the DLC, famous, the famous Far Cry 3 DLC, Blood Dragon, which is so funny because they're going to adapt that into a either an anime or a movie i heard that they're going to be adapting the blood dragon to so ubisoft is continuing that part of their entertainment forum and in fact they showed off werewolves within which is a version of what they're doing because it was based off the vr game from 2016 so they're uh, they're they're kind of doing something really smart and that they're showcasing not only what they're doing video game wise, but what they're doing behind the scenes because they're partially responsible for the upcoming Borderlands movie. And they're really have a a lot of 
vested interest in the werewolves within movie, which is getting a lot of buzz. So good things to see there. But Mr. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the Siege of Paris is on the way with DLC. Are you interested in that? Yeah, so this is, you know, I I, I downloaded uh, Wrath of the Druid. Haven't had a chance to play it yet, again, because of the internet. But, um, you know, I am interested. I my I have I'm having issues with this because like the last in Odyssey, the DLC really expanded on on the story, right? It expanded on the story in both modern times and ancient times. This one seems to just be based on new places to raid. And if you've played Assassin's Creed Valhalla to the end, you know that the ending, as far as the modern story goes, is not very conclusive and yeah. it's kind of agitating. So, um, you know, I hope that this DLC is leading somewhere. I hope that it has some kind of significant plot and how that affects the rest of the that universe. But yeah, yeah I mean, it at this point, like, I'm just... I'll play it, but I don't have high hopes for it. I'm not like excited for it like I was with the uh you know the the I guess the one where you're running around Atlantis in the last Assassin's Creed entry. I mean, you said you have A C O C D, so there yeah, you go. It, well, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to help uh but play. You know, in the next thing they talked about was no one saw this coming. This was just something that uh, it never happens. There's just, there hasn't been a new entry in this series in like 20 years. Um, no, it's it's completely unheard of. Just Dance 2022. Have you heard of this Just Dance franchise? Uh, you're so funny. I knew you set me up for right. that because that was coming up next. But it is Just Dance 2022. They did announce that. You know what, my friend? I don't know if they're going to still bring it out in this version, but they're one of the last beacons for the Wii owners out there because they were releasing for quite some time well after the Wii's demise versions on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the Wii. So they were trying to go ahead and market this out to everywhere because they know this has a nice expansive reach all across the world. So I'm never going to poo-poo on Just Dance series because this is a moneymaker for them. This is something that goes well under the radar you and i don't play it i mean i played it a long time ago a version long time ago back was when it was on the connect and you know i'm not going to say anything other than you know what it's something that they make money off year after year after year after year because it's new songs that people love to go ahead and dance to right it's like guitar hero but and here's you know here's a funny thing too is if i mean you know i miss guitar hero but like here's a funny thing too like the you're gonna hear something on a guitar here in a minute yeah, well, P- so PE classes I just learned because the school I work at is doing this too. They use Just Dance for PE classes. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea that that was a thing. So like the at my school, the PE teacher had Just Dance on the final. So you had to like get a certain score on Just Dance to like get a passing grade. I had ne- didn't even know that was a thing, but I guess schools all across the nation are using Just Dance. It's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a great way to go ahead and get everybody moving uh, obviously, they use modern songs. Uh, they remind me of the old collections of from KTEL. After a song was just finished off of its uh, run on the charts, they would get a whole bunch of these recent songs together and put it out as one album on KTEL. And you would see the television advertisements on them as far as it's concerned. So it reminds me a lot of that. It's like a modern version of KTEL. And the songs that from the recent past coming out, and like you said, that people still hey they still buy them. 
it goes on the radar, but it sells a nice niche and they put it out everywhere they can, even more than Skyrim it gets put out on. So yeah, it's kind of funny where you just dance IP and how important it is and how cool it is for video games. But speaking of guitars, and we'll get to Rainbow Six here in a second, but wanted to go ahead and touch on Rocksmith, Rocksmith Plus, and that's going to be a subscription service, of course, for a game that has never really reached quite the heights of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, but it's been under the radar. That's something that they've been doing every now and then. But it, as far, if you want to learn the guitar, there's no better instructional tool out there, in my opinion, because Rocksmith has been a great part of that. Now there's a subscription service that they're talking about with the latest version of Rocksmith. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. No, I think Rocksmith is excellent. I remember when the first one came out and when I was working at Best Buy, like this was, you know, we only got, we didn't get nearly as many Rocksmiths as we got Guitar Heroes, but it was always something that like people came in to buy stuff for, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it is a, an excellent tool for learning how to play because, you, you know, anyone can pick up a guitar and watch like a YouTube tutorial and it works for some people, but a lot of people need that, that hands-on, like you do this and then, you know, I'll show, you know, you, you do this and then you get rewarded for doing this. So it helps trigger that like reward system in the brain where you're like, oh, okay. And that helps you in turn, remember how to do things. So I think that this is, if you're one of those learners, this is a very excellent tool if, if you're looking to get into music. Well, another thing that they also mentioned was Rainbow Six Extinction, I think it is, or is Extraction? Let me make sure of that. Extraction. So it was called Corn. It was called Quarantine, yes. and then they re- they were like, oh, maybe that would be... Uh, yeah, that would, that's probably in poor taste right now. So it yeah. is Rainbow Six Extraction. I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. I mean, it's a nice DLC adding into it. Uh, I mean, it's just more to me of the same of Rainbow Six. I, I really have appreciated it. It's really a, a lot of fun to play. It's really hard to master and really hard to do well on right now because there's so many people that have a vested interest in taking the time into it. I mean, this is going to be something that's going to prolong this Rainbow Six game, this hit Rainbow Six game even further, because originally it wasn't a very successful Rainbow Six. Then they evolved it and stuck with it, and it became a very vaunted multiplayer franchise for it. And over the years, it's become extremely successful, this version of Rainbow Six. So I want to hear your thoughts on what this DLC will do to continue the legacy of Rainbow Six. Okay, so I've never been a Rainbow Six player. To me, all the Tom Clancy games are kind of the same game. So you never, you never even liked this version, this latest version, which is Rainbow Six Siege. No, I've so I've I have friends who like it, and it sounds cool. I I, I think the last Tom Clancy game I played was Ghost Recon Two. They're doing something that works, you know, and that's the I guess that's the that's the important thing for them. But yeah, I don't really have, it looks, looks okay. It looks cool. I mean, it's not something that I would play, but uh, do you, I mean, do you have any history with it that you can talk on? Obviously when you talk about rainbow six Vegas and then the original rainbow six on the PC back in the day, those I had great experiences with, I did play for a time rainbow six siege, but it is really hard. If you're a newbie coming into the game, it's really hard to stay with it and get better at it because there's so many players out there that live for this game and they're really, really good at it. And it makes it really hard to go ahead and advance and feel like you're rewarding yourself by getting better and better. So for I didn't stick with it, but 
you know, again, Rainbow Six Siege struggled at the start, but it got better. It got better, and people have latched on to it years later. And it's now one of the most popular multiplayer games that are out there. And this is continuing it. So people that are asking for a new full Rainbow Six is they're not going to get one for a while because this is no, you know, I mean, and they just keep adding on to existing Rainbow Six games, which is fine. I mean. It, once you remove the single player, because they remove, I think Vegas was like the the first removal of the single player campaign in a Rainbow Six game, and it had Vegas two right after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah, yeah, it's not. I mean, if you're just kind of like revamping, you know, adding new game types, and there's not really a reason to make a sequel unless it's like you're doing something completely new. Last but not least is Riders Republic and a release date on September 2nd was announced for it. It's an open world multiplayer. I mean, you re, it's not something really out of the realm from what we've already seen. Uh, I mean, you're participating in a lot of sports, uh, you know, sure. uh, bike riding, snowboarding, mm-hmm. skiing. Did you get a chance to see this flying around in wingsuits and all that stuff? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of those those old uh, ESPN Extreme games that were on the PlayStation. Yeah where you can kind of like you do luges and bicycles and roller skates and stuff like that. But I mean, obviously this is, you know, a whole different thing, but yeah, is it going to be able to last in the age that we're in as far as, you know, who has the best shooter is concerned. It's going to find a niche, you know, this is, you know, just seeing the trailer here, there's no games out there like this. So I think it's going to find a niche. How long it lasts is hard to say. Uh, Ubisoft puts out a lot of things that, either latch on for a long time or they're you know a flash in the pan so i'm leaning more towards flash in the pan but it looks kind of cool last but not least there was the gearbox announcement oh wait for ubisoft though i do want to ask you did you notice a distinct lack of skull and bones yeah there was no skull and bones there was uh you know not a lot of stuff the interconnected tom clancy game that was uh, rumored to be in production or getting into production, getting underway. That was not talked about. It was a okay Ubisoft performance, but it wasn't something that bowled you over with new announcements. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that a lot of these publishers could save a lot of their stuff for next year when there's going to be a lot more releases, I think, next year. And we've talked about this. I talked about this on Friday with Marcus. I think I've talked about it with you. I think, 2022 is going to be a very heavy year for video games because we'll have more consoles out for this generation and everybody will have almost by then caught up with their production schedules as far as from the pandemic. So I think then you're going to see a lot more games being introduced and released out. And I think you're going to see a lot coming in E3 2022, but yeah, Ubisoft was okay. It wasn't uh, really anything to super write home about gearbox came up next now, again, this is not 2K. I think they were doing something separately. So we're going to hear probably sometime in the next couple of days more about what's coming from 2K specifically. But Gearbox, I mean, we saw a, t- a little bit more of Tiny Tina's, but it was just a little bit more of the Tiny Tina's, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands game. It wasn't really anything that was, you know, wow, yeah. wowing me over because it was so short. Godfall was announced Shocker upon all shockers coming to PS4, my friend. So that was something that's funny to me because it's a PS5 exclusive, but there must not be, you know, they must be needing to put 
things out. So I think it's that it's called you know, money, my friend. It's called a hundred million consoles on PS4. Right. And it's the same thing with God of War, right? Like they just there's not enough the ecosystem for PS5 is not big enough yet yeah. for these exclusives. And so now they're slowly backtracking on exclusivity. Um I I I have a copy of Godfall. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but you know it looks it looks pretty cool. You know, everyone's like, it would be cool to have a Borderlands game with uh, swords and stuff. And that's kind of looks what looks like what that game is. And speaking of Borderlands, again, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, they showed a little bit of a more on it, but nothing really. It was like a developer type deal that really wasn't uh, overwhelming you with anything. They showed some stuff that was going on behind the scenes of the new Borderlands movie. They mentioned Homeworld 3 that's in production. They announced some things, but it wasn't overwhelming. Again, I think that right now, I think they're just, a lot of these publishers are starting to give me the vibe that they're just showing up just to to go through motions to show you some things, but they're not really going to debut a whole bunch of great stuff until next year. I have a feeling that E3 2022 is going to be the year to be. Yeah, and I, that, I mean, that makes sense just because, you know, looking at where we're at. But one thing that Gearbox did talk about was Tribes of Midgard, and that actually looks like it might be a pretty decent offering for people who like to play co-op games with their friends. I don't know if you had a chance to check that trailer out, but yeah, that looks pretty cool. But other than that, like, that's really the only thing I seem to be interested in in that whole Gearbox. Like, they didn't really even have enough to justify having a press conference that i agree that they spent about 10 minutes on the borderlands movie so it it just it i don't know it felt unnecessary like this stuff could have been like attached to other other conferences you know what i would like to see now that we're seeing this cross mixing at these e3 press conferences of movies and, and stuff behind the scenes with video game stuff like that i think netflix is all those different games that are being turned into anime that they showcased i think on thursday they should have mixed that in with all these production companies mixed in in with these e3 announcements and maybe they will i'm not sure but i'd love to see the new halo series that's coming up to paramount plus i'd love to see that intermixed with the microsoft conference yeah yeah that would be cool i mean yeah we're we are crossing mediums like we've never done before and uh you know not to say that like or an Uncharted movie, but or then again, Uncharted, yeah, and like, there. again, that's not to say that like all of it's good. You know, Quantum Break was pretty bad with their like, we're gonna make you play for thirty minutes and then watch a thirty minute TV show, but you can't skip it. You know, hopefully we don't go back to doing things like that. But yeah, having these like movies interconnected into the worlds of the video games is kind of a cool thing. You know, assuming that it's all separate. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us, because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. 
Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars. Click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that was day one at E3 2021. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. Josh and I will be back tomorrow, tape our regular Pop Culture Cosmos 250, and then a recap show for E3 Day 2. There's going to be a lot of heavyweights coming on Day 2, so we'll definitely have a lot to say about that. I wanted to go ahead and mention for our show, we're going to be talking about the battle at the box office. And was it really a battle? We'll talk about why it was kind of a little bit disappointing, but also hold on to a little bit what Josh said about critic culture. So we'll talk about that. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about Biomutant and Chivalry 2. We both should have good-sized, chunked reviews of what we've seen and what we've played so far. I'm going to be streaming Chivalry 2, so hopefully you'll be seeing that on all of our gaming channels. Plus, also as well, great Father's Day gift ideas from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Raiders of the Lost Ark and also Clash of the Titans, a film that actually I have a lot of ties to. They both came out on the same weekend 40 years ago. So we'll talk about that as well. But Josh, it's been great having you here, my friend. Looking forward to tomorrow. Any last thoughts on the way out? Tomorrow's kind of a big day, right? We got Microsoft and I think Square's up tomorrow also too, right? Yes. So this, Some yeah. Pretty good heavyweights. Pretty, yeah, pretty good heavyweights going on here. So yeah, we'll uh, hopefully we'll get to chat some more tomorrow about all the stuff going on at E3. Sounds good. I know that Josh just dropped on the Pop Culture Cosmos wherever you can get your podcast. He just dropped the Super BS Gamescast with his own E3 preview with the guys there. Any talk on that? You want to go ahead and share a little bit of that on the way out? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, us talking about our Dream 3 wish list and, you know, maybe more plausible things. We talk a little bit about Ratchet and Clank and Final Fantasy VII Intergrade and our thoughts on that. So it's just kind of a plethora of what we've been playing and what we're looking forward to come e3 and you know hopefully there'll be more content i'm I'm sure like all these you know all of our things are going to have more content being pumped out throughout the week absolutely so check that out plus we'll be dropping a lot of these things that we're doing on our audio channels and podcast outlets everywhere so check that out plus you can catch our shows around the world on 50 stations worldwide seven days a week we get replayed all over the place so you can check that out for our listings on pop culture cosmos on facebook and wherever you get your podcasts so josh it's been great having you here my friend looking forward to tomorrow day two of e3 is on the way right here at the pop colder cosmos